0: Rob Black, weekday mornings from 10 to noon. Live from the Bay Area, your money, your life. This is Rob Black.
1: Got a pretty good show planned for you today. Going to be talking about that new Verizon Droid phone. Going to be talking real estate with Charlie Crackler. That's coming up in the second hour. Charlie and I don't necessarily always see eye to eye when it comes to real estate, but he's a very smart resource, and he's very timely with his knowledge in California, and there's a lot to talk about. You know, uh, the homeowner's, uh, the homebuyer's tax credit got extended, or it's going to be extended, so it's one-third their way done to extend it, and what does that mean for you? I want to try to help you as much as possible on some of these issues, help you get to retirement, help you understand exactly what's happening. If I were to look at some of the headlines today, I don't know. Though, I'm not feeling like the news headlines are all that glorious. Politics seems to be, like, really out there right now. What I care about and what I think you care about are jobs, stock market, economy, and housing. Those are the the, the primary things that I see in the news that I try to say, what can I do to help? For instance, the number of people filing initial claims for state unemployment benefits fell by 20,000 to a seasonally adjusted 512,000. Now, that's not a fun story, is it? I could do a fun story if you want me to start with fun, but I don't know. Like, for instance, Kellogg's today. Here's a fun story to start the show. Let's let's stay happy. Armstrong and Getty, they're happy, so I start happy, too, and then I get into the boring business world that you don't find boring. You find intriguing because you're listening to the show for a reason. Kellogg's is going to stop touting its cereals as a way of warding off diseases. So who really thought Rice Krispies were a way of warding off diseases? Are you that stupid? The food maker citing growing concerns about swine flu is going to remove labels on Rice Krispies and Cocoa Krispies. Ooh, Cocoa Krispies. For the record, you know what I'd like to see Kellogg do before they remove the labels? I'd like to see them stop treating that damn Cocoa Crisp bird so meanly. I mean, it's the kids taunt him. Just give give the bird a bowl of cereal. That's all he wants. And yet the kids don't let him have it, and he goes crazy, and he has to do all these crazy disguises and things like that. But anyway, the food maker, Kellogg's is going to stop touting Rice Krispies and Cocoa Krispies as a way to support your child's immunity. Kellogg says it's going to pull immunity claims from Rice Krispies and Cocoa Krispies amidst the public's growing concern about swine flu. Kellogg began adding extra antioxidants to its cereal last year, which it says it helps support the immune system. The Company began advertising the change with large labels on cereal boxes that read in bold letters now helps support your child's immunity. So they're going to pull that off a little bit. For instance, interior has had to do something very similar. Cheerios says it helps lower cholesterol. It doesn't help lower cholesterol. So it's it's, you know, only FDA approved drugs are allowed to make such claims. So uh, is it tough to believe that Kellogg's is lying to us? It's not tough to believe. Okay, I'm supposed to do more shows that are uh, stories that are local. I'm supposed to do more happy stories and more local stories. California stories. California. California. They've delayed the vote on the energy efficiency standards for TVs. We talked about this a little bit. Tech Group is looking backwards right now on efficiency rules. The fight over first-in-the-nation energy efficiency standards for televisions is going to go on for another two weeks. The California Energy Commission was scheduled to vote on proposed energy efficiency standards for televisions yesterday, but ultimately that got delayed so that uh, Consumer Electronics Association can object and have a 45-day public comment period. They say that it's very disappointing that they waited until the last minute to submit their comments. Uh, California Energy Commission announced proposed energy efficiency standards for televisions in September after an 18-month public process that included utilities, TV manufacturers, environmental advocates, retailers, and consumer groups. Ultimately, the idea here is, is it would require televisions that are 58 inches to use 30% less electricity by 2011 and 50% less by 2013. So any television that measures up to 58 inches. Over 58, you get to use whatever you want. So 30% less by 2011 and 50% less by 2013. Now, a lot of people don't realize that a television, it, it, it's a big eater. It's a big eater of electricity in your home. With that said, I don't really. Here's where I kind of want California to stay out of it. Technology for it to have some sort of relevance as far as the economy goes. Uh, there's been this big push to converge everything that we do to push it, push it, converge it, tighten it, push it, converge it onto our television. Our television is a video game machine. Our television should be able to have us read our emails off of it. Why do we have to have a separate office that we go and use our desktop? Desktop should go the way of the dodo bird. I would like to see our televisions become more computer friendly. Now, computerific. Um, And that would help a lot of Bay Area companies. So I'm not crazy about our lawmakers saying we have to watch what we consume as far as energy goes. For instance, I want my television to have a hard drive. I want to take the hard drive that is my DVR, that is my Comcast box that's underneath the TV. I want, it, I want that to blow up. I want less gadgets. I want my TV to suck up and become more of those gadgets. I want it to become a wireless router. Hmm. So I'm a little concerned that California is going to stifle itself. And we don't necessarily need to do that, but ultimately we are going to do that. You know one business headline that jumps out at me this morning and makes me, you know, go, it kisses me. CVS Caremark has announced a new authorization of repurchase of up to $2 billion of common stock. Now, I don't much care for CVS, the stock. It's one of those retailers, you know, there's retailers like Home Depot that sells hammers and hard things there's retailers like Gap that sells clothes that are soft things there's one called retail hard line there's one that's called retail soft line then there's a retailer called CVS and they they sell drugs so it's it's drug retail it's a different type of retail drug store retail ultimately the CVSs and Walgreens could be big winners if swine flu really hits and you hear about a little you know first grade student who dies and the news is covering it and all the kids are crying and you know you go i don't want my kids to die so what you to fight Swine flu, one of the things you could do is clean your house. You know, use the the sterile, you know, uh, alcohol things on your hands. So uh, use Lysol and kill that germ. Kill that germ, swine flu. So drug retail has a potential, if it's an awful flu season, to have a really good um, play. Because when I go in to buy the little alcohol uh, wipes, when I go in to buy my Lysol, I might buy soda. I might go, ooh, there's Christmas decorations, I know. We go straight from Halloween candy at CVS to Christmas decorations, that kind of fast. And CVS is doing something kind of interesting. I don't know if you've paid attention to it, but they've lowered their shelves because old people, they, they can't reach up high. They're afraid to reach up high. So CVS, is they've, they've turned their, their linoleum floors, they've carpeted them because they don't want senior citizens to slip. So they've made it a little bit more senior citizen friendly. There's tools around CVS where you can scan your item, and it'll tell you how much it is because senior citizens can't read the teeny tiny print that's right there on the shelf. That's, again, I'm saying senior citizens kind of in a funny way, but you get where I'm going at with this. So CVS is going to buy up to $2 billion of common stock. Now, I don't like CVS, but any time a store does that, I like it, and uh, I like it a lot. So, okay. Pfft. Number of people filing initial claims. Now I can get into the big boring news because I've done the soft California news. I've done the soft happy news. I could do about the Marilyn Monroe crypt, the guy who bought it for a couple million dollars on eBay that he wanted to be buried so that he was facing Marilyn Monroe buried upside down. Well, it turns out he was a fraud. So that that crypt space is up for sale again if you have some sort of weird fascination with Marilyn Monroe. But the number of people filing initial claims for state unemployment fell by about 20,000. Wall Street dug that number. Wall Street cheered that number. Continuing state claims fell by 68,000 to 5.75 million. The number of people claiming benefits on any kind uh, ending October 17th of the week was about 9.53 million. That's not seasonally adjusted up for over 136,000 from 9.36 million in the previous week. So a lot of people, a lot of people don't have employment or full employment or can't find a job for a long period of time. Now, the big story out coming out of Washington today is that last night, the Senate has extended home buyer tax credit. It's going to be extended, the existing tax credit for first-time homebuyers. It's expected to end at the end of this month. But the Senate said, you know, boom, 98 to nothing. There wasn't one senator who was willing to say no to this. So the measure, it's going to give $8,000 tax credit to first-time buyers. It's going to give $6,500 tax break to you if you've lived in your home for five years and you want to go upgrade your home. Now, again, where's the deal Where's the why aren't renters getting money? I don't get it. I I don't get why our Congress is so cruel and insensitive that 66 percent of us have homes and they want to encourage some of the renters to go out and get a home and they're giving them an eight thousand dollar tax credit. But I, but some people don't want to buy. They want to rent. So it's also up to the limit for your income to qualify for this deduction. And again, uh, they've also tacked on some other incentives including extending unemployment benefits uh, for continuing claims. Congress added that 600,000 people already have exhausted their benefits. Another 700,000 are scheduled to lose them by the end of the year. So they're extending another 20 weeks, the amount of time that you can get long-term unemployment. So um, long enough to get through the holidays. And yay, 800 345 to get your calls on the air. It's 800 to get your calls on the air. Let's go to Kenneth in Oakland. Kenneth.
2: Good morning, Rob. Hi. How you doing? Good. Good. Hey, I have a it's a two part question. First of all, I have um, my I have a simple IRA through the company, which the company matches three percent of my gross, and I also have a Roth IRA. And actually, um, I'm at a fifteen percent tax bracket. And first of all, first question is, can I go ahead and convert some of my simple IRA money into a Roth, and pay the taxes on it now? Uh, now that I'm at a 15%, first of all, can I do that? And then second of all, is that something that would you recommend?
1: While you're in a low tax bracket, how are you in such a low tax bracket? Kenneth? I have
2: a lot of write-offs. I have, uh, four dependents, I have four boys, my wife and I, uh, my tithing through church, uh, my mortgage. I have a HELOC and, uh, basically it's. um, it's it's up there, which puts me in the 15% tax bracket.
1: Okay. So, and you want to convert a regular IRA into a simple, it's a simple
2: IRA. It's simple, yeah. Right. Into, um, so, my Roth and absorb and then pay the taxes on it now since I'm such a low tax bracket.
1: Now would be a good time to do it, uh, for sure.
2: Can I do that, though?
1: Yeah, absolutely. You can call Fidelity and have them walk you through this whole process, and that's something you should consider. Um, you will have to pay taxes for yeah. as you convert, as you know. And you're going to need someone to help you figure out what taxes you're going to pay. And that would be whoever's holding your simple IRA, probably like a Fidelity.
2: Okay. And is there a minimum amount? Could I go, like, say, five grand? I
1: know? would run all your scenarios through Fidelity because okay. the one thing I don't want to do is give anything that looks like tax advice. I could right. legally go to jail for it. Okay. Um. So well, I have to I, really. I could,
2: I could bail you out. So.
1: No, no. I'm or you'll. Are you no. a cop? No, no, no. I was going to no. say, I need some freebies. I need some uh, get-out-of-jail-free cards and first, things like that.
2: Well, my brother's a highway patrolman, so I do have a, his card, which uh, it does work. <laughs> it does work.
1: Really? You've gotten out of tickets because you, you pulled your brother's business card out?
2: Yes, yes, I have.
1: Wow. Good yeah, for you. Oh.
2: About four or five different cases there, but not city. I mean, it seems like the, um, the brotherhood of um, the highway patrol or... Much tight knit.
1: Okay, good, yeah. good. So, okay. Um, yeah, I'd, I'd call Fidelity and start running scenarios through there. And uh, you're, pr- you're four kids. How old are you?
2: I am 51.
1: 51, okay. Another thing to consider when you're considering converting your regular IRA to a Roth is what tax bracket you're going to be in when you retire. And are you going, do you have a lot of money? Because if you have the more money you have, the more you want in the Roth. Right. Um, in large part, because you might be pulling sixty thousand out in retirement, and that's a taxable income. So your your retirement, um, your it's,
2: it's one of those yeah. balls.
1: Yeah, the, the, the distributions that you get in retirement from your IRS, that's income, so it gets taxed by the IRS as income. Right. So if you think you're going to be in a high tax bracket, you want to put as much as you can into a Roth. Um, for instance, like your brother has a has pension. So in his retirement, he probably wants to sack as much away as he can in a Roth-type environment um, mm-hmm. because that pension is going to be income. Uh, the IRS is going to see. So he's automatically going to be in a twenty twenty two, twenty three, twenty five 23, 25% tax bracket versus the, the retiree's typical 15% can. So right. thanks thanks for the call. Appreciate it. Thanks. Yep. 800-345-5639 to get your calls in the air. It's 800-345-5639. Let's take a break here. Coming up, we're going to talk the droid. What's the Droid? Phone made by Motorola. Phone that's on the Verizon network. It's a cool phone. It's a hip phone. Can it drive Motorola? Can it drive Verizon stock hire? Can it drive Google's stock hire? It's the Droid 2.0 operating system or the Android 2.0 operating system. Anyway, we'll talk about all that and more when we get back. 800 345 are ninety extra calls in the air. It's Rob Black Show. Nine ten a.m. More stimulating talk. Interesting article in the Wall Street Journal today on the front page, and it, it, it jumps out at you. It says, the cry goes out in Hollywood. Get me a Mr. Potato Heads agent. Toys now get same A-list perks, top stars, Stretch Armstrong, Barbie, and Big Wheel. Now, the town's top celebrities have long had more than their fair share of plastic parts. Hollywood's newest movie stars are no exception. They got plastic parts, but they got different plastic parts. Instead of the boob implants, they got lips and arms and fake hair. Stretch Armstrong, he's going to – you do remember Stretch Armstrong. I remember the goal on Stretch Armstrong was to rip its arms off. If you were that kind of strong kid, you would – it was so much fun. Like you would put his, his – his, uh, you'd, you'd put a, a vice grip on him, and you'd try desperately to rip him into shreds, and you just couldn't do it. So Stretch Armstrong, the pliant muscle-bound doll, his roots go back to the 1970s. Big Will, the big plastic tricycle, Big Will has its own television show. That's kind of – it's crazy marketing, right? Toys now are receiving the same A-list treatment that any bankable movie star has. Now, creative artists' agencies. That's the best artist agency there is. If you're Tom Cruise, you want to be represented by CAA. If you're Nick Nolte. Nick Nolte? That was a weird poll. Um, I don't know. If you're a top celebrity star, if you're – I can't even think of top celebrity movie stars. How, how lame am I? But you want creative artists to represent you. So creative artists now, um, they've sparked a new bidding war for movie stars like Asteroids, a video game. So they're going to make a movie called Asteroids. And there's people like me who, when I was a young little boy, I, I dropped quarters into the video game machine and I played Asteroids for hours. And will I, you know, make the big jump to the movie screen and go with Asteroids? Well, you know, Barbie and Mattel. Mattel has just struggled so enormously. Um, with Barbie. And like, for instance, there was this big war between Barbie and Bratz dolls and Bratz dolls were doing so well, but ultimately uh, Mattel sued the heck out of the creator of Bratz because the creator of Bratz actually once worked for um, Mattel. And at that time came up with a concept of Bratz dolls, so, you know, did some drawings of the little things and it's interesting to see how sad and how pathetic. honestly, How truly pathetic our creative sense is in the United States. We're we're doing Mr. Potato Head movies. We're doing Stretch Armstrong. We can't come up with anything better than that. Now, where does some of this come from? Well, the the success of Transformers. Those were, you know, toys that I played with. Well, I didn't play with as a kid, but the generation slightly right behind me did. So, you know, Transformers hit $484 million. That's not too bad, huh? The franchise... Between the two movies has grossed eight hundred and thirty three million dollars. And what it does, it also sells more toys. It's like, why does Disney want to get into Hong Kong and why does Disney want to get into China? Because it's going to sell more t- TV shows. It's going to sell more movies. It's going to sell more gadgets. It's going to sell more um, you know, toys like the Toy Story franchise. It drew huge audiences in the 1990s. But it also sold a lot of toys that looked just like the toys in, this, in the show. So anyway, that's why it's being done. But It's kind of pathetic that we can't come up with good stories, but eh, it is what it is. So I will move on. 800-345-5639 to get your calls in there. Remember the last call that we had about converting a simple IRA to a Roth? You can do it. I want to be careful on one thing that you got to be very careful on. You can't do it in the first two years of the simple IRA. And you should really contact the IRS or Fidelity so that you can figure out. And it wasn't his case. Um, If you make over $100,000, it it might limit your conversion to the Roth. So it's just worthy of noting and worthy of taking a look at it. So 800-345-5639 to get your calls in the air. It's 800-345-5639 to get your calls in the air. This was a big headline today in the world of business. And I kind of went, eh, and I I rolled right through it. Thousands of borrowers on the verge of foreclosure soon to have the option of renting their homes from Fannie Mae. So instead of going foreclosure, instead of going short sale, you could do what's called deed in lieu of. Now, deed in lieu can also be turned into, with Fannie Mae, deed for lease. It'll allow you to transfer ownership to Fannie Mae, and you sign a one-year lease with month-to-month extensions after that, and you could stay in your home. The program's going to eliminate some of the uncertainty of foreclosure. The program's going to keep some families and tenants in their homes during a transitional period. It's going to help stabilize neighborhoods and communities. It's not going to help that many people. For instance, Fannie Mae last quarter, no, no, last two quarters, the first half of the year, they did 1,200 properties deed in lieu. That compares with 57,000 foreclosures. So it's nice. It's, you know, it's another little feather. Yay. We like feathers. But it ain't going to change the world. So. And the rent can't be more than 31% of the pre-tax income for the individual. That's worthy of note. Now, the nation's stores on Thursday. Again, what do I care about? I care about the economy. I care about jobs. I care about the stock market. I care about politics. One of the things I'm keeping an eye on is, is retailers. We're a consumer-driven society. And I, I wish we would consume less. I wish we would save more. But we don't. Nation stores posted a second consecutive month of sales increases. We saw this today. Now, results at Costco and Saks were clearly helped by easy comparisons to the dismal year we had last year. Last year, it was dismal. We were in the throes of a credit crisis. We were in the throes of, will the recession become a depression? Now, clothing chain stores selling designer names at bargain basement prices were the top performers. Names like TJX, TJ Maxx. Marshalls and Home Goods, they've been on a roll. So, discounters are doing the best. Ross stores, 9% sales increase. TJX, 10% sales increases. Kohl's, they reported some signs of a broader recovery. They basically said they had the strongest year over year gains in the Home Goods categories. But again, last year it was pathetic. It was anemic. Now, um, same store sales at department stores, they fell about 1%. So department stores not doing good. Um, same store sales increased at upscale stores like Nordstrom and, and Saks. Nordstrom was one of the industry's top performers. That's a little bit of a shocker. So Bonton, uh, Bonton, we saw sales up three percent, Steinmart down four point nine, JCPenney's down four point five, Dillard's down eight percent, Neiman Mark's down six percent, Macy's down eight tenths of a percent. Teenage retail. This is always an interesting one to look at because teenagers, they 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 march to a different beat. They don't really care about the economy. Abercrombie & Fitch down 15%. Zumier down 9%. American Apparel down 6%. American Eagle Outfitters down 5%. Limited Brands down 4%. So, teenage clothing stores that bucked the trend, Aeropostale and Buckle. So, Gap did okay. And I don't know who shops at the Gap. Wet Seal was down. Children's Play is Hot Topic down. So, there you go. Kind of a mixed bag on retail, but... Better than expected. Let's go to Bob in San Francisco. Bob? Hey, how's it going, Rob? Good. What's up? I
2: was just wondering what you thought about the rock and roll stock market here.
1: Um, I'm an investor. I like the stock market. I will never lose faith in the stock market. I still like the international stock markets uh, a little bit more than the U.S., but all things considered, uh, I'm comfortable with it. What do you think about the stock market?
2: I think it might be in correcting phase. Uh, what do you think?
1: Where do you see a correction?
2: Where I say, correction, is it, seems, it seems to have a big resistance testing the 10000 on the Dow, so just going back and forth the last couple of weeks.
1: Okay, I call that digestion, not correction. Okay. So correction is a 10% pullback, and we've had a 6% pullback from recent highs. We haven't got that 10% pullback. You think that 10 is coming, or? Uh... I don't know, Bob. Here's the thing about me is I don't have a crystal ball. I don't pretend to have a crystal ball. I don't really care. What I care about is the holiday season's coming up, and I want to go see my little sister's baby. Um, That's big for me. Every two weeks, I'm going to invest. I believe in capitalism in the North American markets. I believe in the volume growth of Asia. I think Asia's getting a little overheated. I like small-cap stocks because they've been an underperformer during the recent market rally. Um, But I'm not big into calling a correction because, Bob, what it has to do with, for instance, I would like to see real estate prices go down. Because I think they're tied towards ultimately wage increases. But then Congress comes out and extends this tax credit, and I'm like, well, screw that theory. I'm gonna be wrong on that one. So I don't go out there and try to predict the short term because it's a loser's game. We don't know like there was days when when President Bush was he would fall off a segue and the stock market would go down. He would start to talk about the economy and the stock market would go down. He would choke on a pretzel and the stock market would go down. So I, I gave up. I'm like, I'm not even gonna think about talking on the short term, because there was just these weird little things tied towards one man on the planet that, that would screw my predictions and made me look stupid. So um, I have every reason to think we should have a correction, but I'm not going to go out there and say it, because I don't know what the hell's going to happen in the short term.
2: Right, right. Can I ask you about a stock? Do it. Um, thinking about buying STEC. S-T-E-C, is pulled back 30% from yesterday's earnings. And I'm just looking for an entry point for
1: this. It fell yesterday 30%? Yes. Oh, yeah, it did. I see that. I mean, it's an interesting little stock. I just pulled up a one-year chart on it. It's gone from 4 bucks to 40 bucks, 40 bucks to 14 So it's really a falling knife at this point in time from its recent high back in September. Uh, P.E. looks pretty high. It's a small-cap company. It's tiny. It's a $700 million company. And thanks for the call. Profit margins 8%, return on equity 12%. Those aren't bad numbers. They... Profit margins could be better. Let's talk about what STEC does, ticker symbol S-T-E-C. They basically get on the stick when it comes to memory. Now, memory is a commodity. I got three computers in front of me. I got a phone in front of me. I don't know if I got DRAM. I don't know if I got RDram. I don't know if I got DDR2 RAM. I don't know if I got DDR3 RAM. It, so it becomes a commodity. It's a, play, it's a play on the cycle. It's a play on are we consuming more electronics, more so than something specific they do. Now the company does DRAM, static random access memory, memories, SRAMs. They do flash memories. Um, every year, it's smaller, cheaper, faster, and you compete in the Asian market on memory, and that's brutal. It's brutal. Some of their customers include Micron, uh, Hynix Semiconductor, Numonics, uh, Komanda, Samsung Electronics. Let's pull up some financials on the company. Give me just a second. Um, company got a downgrade yesterday to neutral from Outperform, $18 start price from 39 Basically, this, this analyst effed up, and after the fact, he's changing it. The company announced they're uh, implementing a strategic sales and marketing incentive designed to promote the integration of SSDs, um, static state drives, into EMC's customers. It could be a value play if you believe flash memory and static drives become if you believe hard drives are going to go the way of the dodo birds sooner than later it's a bit of a story stock uh, down 34% yesterday um, some of their static drives have been put into place IBM SAN volume controller um, firm's worst case scenario would assume 10, 2010 revenue of around 390 million non-GAAP generally accepted accounting practices earnings per share of a buck 40% grasp margins Here's what I would call this one. I would say this one's been battered. I would say it's been fried. Um, I would say that they're in a commodity business. Be very, very careful. One of their big competitors would be like an Intel. Hmm. That's all I got for you. So it looks to me to be a value play. Um... Let's see. Barron's disgust. Stifle Nicholas wrote in research note. Weakness could reflect investor reaction to announcement that Sun Microsystems' new flash storage arrays intended to accelerate database and enterprise uh, performance. Uh, sun account up for about... Okay, so they're losing Sun as a customer, it looks like. That's one of the reasons their quarter was hurt as bad as it was, and that's all I know. 800-345-5639 to get your calls in there. It's Rob Black, show 9, a.m. More stimulating talk. I never
2: loved nobody, fool.
1: Bring in Kim Commando. Let's talk a little tech with the digital goddess herself. She can be heard Sundays on this very network from one to three. How are you, Kim?
3: I'm excellent. How are you doing? I'm
1: good. I'm sorry I'm getting to you a little late today. Hopefully that's not that's too much right. of a problem. Uh Motorola is
3: here waiting, just waiting and waiting and waiting and waiting, and say will he ever come to me Will he ever
1: <laughs> yeah, you don't have to ask that i' I'll take care of uh Miss Commando uh Motorola's <laughs> droid is the big topic of the day. We've talked a lot of iPhone, we've talked a lot of Apple and how cool it, there is a successor to the crown. Is it a competitor? uh you've had this for a couple of weeks. What do you think?
3: Well, you know, here's the deal, is that everybody is still excited about the iPhone 3GS. And and everybody always wants the iPhone to leave the lame AT&T network and to go to the much superior Verizon network, which doesn't look like that's going to happen, although the rumor mill is always circulating that it will happen. Right. But now we've got a, a slew of competitors. You've got uh, people consider the Palm Pre a competitor. And then you've got the MyTouch 3G, and that's on the T-Mobile network. The Palm, of course, is on Sprint. And then everybody's really excited about the Motorola Droid. And Droid is uh, running on the Android operating system, which is the operating system from Google. Mm-hmm. And it's uh, it's got 16 gigs of storage capacity. The iPhone only has 16, but the Droid is is expandable to 32. Uh, the camera's better on the Droid. It's, it's uh, 5 megapixel, plus you do video. It's got Wi-Fi, it's got GPS, and because it does have that GPS, you can use the Google mapping system so that now you don't need to have a bonafide standalone GPS because now you actually have a GPS built into the phone
0: Good. that
3: gives you turn-by-turn directions. And also, I think we've talked about the augmented reality. Do you know what that is? No, no. Oh, augmented reality is where um, where I'm, I can hold my phone, my Motorola Droid phone, I can hold it on some street. Okay, And it will tell me the where the nearest bank is. So it, it will tell me exactly what's going on on that street before I walk down the street. That's so I cool. can just virtually go down that street and say, oh, yeah, there's the ATM that I'm looking for. There's the coffee shop. There's the little French bistro. And then I can look and see uh, reviews of that French bistro. And, and you know, so, it, so it's, it's creating a reality without having to go down that street.
1: The advertising possibilities are insane for Google.
3: Oh, my gosh. <laughs> Absolutely. Right. And see, you get that. A lot of people, they're like, oh, wow, this is really great. But, you know, you're right. Think of the video ads, yep. the the text ads, the contextual ads, and everything that will go along the way. So a lot of folks are excited about this this Motorola Droid that it's going to really, truly give the iPhone a run for its money because it does have uh, it's a touch screen and and good things like that. But when you start looking at the apps, which everybody is all excited about. Right now, the Android marketplace or their store has about, I'll say, about 10,000 apps. And just this past week, the Apple store crossed over the mark of 100,000 apps.
1: How are the apps for the Droid? That's Because that seems to be the seller of phones now, good applications.
3: Uh, the apps, everybody gravitated towards the iPhone right. for their apps, of course, because that's where the market share was. Um, Where you don't wanna put your app right now, or maybe you do wanna put your app, depending upon your perspective, is the Palm app catalog has two hundred and fifty apps. Okay, so
2: It's, it's anemic. (laughs)
3: <laughs> it's like okay. But if you had an app and you should put it there because you like you have no competition.
2: Sure.
3: Um the Android marketplace because it is an is an open operating system and Google is really for people developing other products to go in bed with them, that I, I would fully expect that ten thousand within six months to, to if not surpass come pretty close to Apple's because we have everybody who's now on the Apple platform trying to figure out how to get it on the Android platform. But there's also some some news circulating on the internet as far as how much these phones really cost people that uh, when you go buy the phone you're thinking well you know it's two hundred dollars with a contract and then i got 150 dollars a month for unlimited usage plans and things like that is that if you look at the unlimited plan like on the iphone or the droid the price is the same for about two years uh, you're going to spend about four thousand dollars on that phone
1: okay it's pretty high
3: yeah, because you're and you're a financial guy. I mean, you know, like people don't really think about that. They're like, well, you know, the phone. It's kind of like when they go buy a car. What's the monthly payment?
1: Right. That's uh, I'll t- I'll put it in simple terms. That's your whole retirement nest egg funding in your twenties is two thousand dollars a year. That's all you have to do to reach a million dollars by sixty.
3: And but here, but now you're going to be investing that, if you will. Hey, <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, if you don't have a phone, though, you're not cool you're not social, so you have to have one.
3: No. Oh. You need to have one. So, so the droid's hot, and it does video, it does everything. And, and like I said, it runs on Verizon. Um, I've been using mine, and, and I like it. I think it's a great little phone. I'm not ready to give up the iPhone yet. <laughs> not,
1: how's the, haven't key, been able how's the keyboard get... for you? Because the reviews that I'm reading, Kim, the only negative thing that people are saying is um, the keyboards are just uh, maybe a little bit too tiny if you've got big fingers.
3: Yes, they are. Um, but I'm not a big girl. <laughs> okay. I'm, I'm five. Well, I like to say I'm five six, but I'm really not. Okay. Um five five, and I weigh about 120 pounds, so I'm not. You know, I'm not. You're petite. I don't have. I, mean, I don't have big fingers. So okay. To speak. So, so I can use this, but I notice with some of the guys in the office, if I hand them my phone because they want to check it out, or they pick it up, instead of hitting one key, they're going to hit two keys, and so you really need to make sure that that you try it out. Now, one of the things that the that both phones do is that you can put that keyboard in landscape view, so the keys aren't so small and so crumbled together. But, um, but you're right. It is a consideration.
1: Okay. I'm with you. Now, to me, this seems like it's more bad news for Palm and probably bad news for Research in Motion than the BlackBerry, but really it isn't bad news for Apple, it doesn't sound like.
3: Well, here's the deal is that this past week, um, the RIM pushed down and Verizon pushed down this major update to the BlackBerry store. That if you had a storm and you weren't happy with it, and you haven't, and you said, you know what, I don't want to get this download, because the download doesn't happen over Wi Fi. You actually have to hook your phone up to your computer and get the download over the Internet, and it is a huge firmware update. Whereby the Blackberry storm was just slow as molasses, didn't really want to work right. And so many people, including my husband, was throwing throwing it against the wall saying, you know, what is this type of thing? It's so frustrating. But now with the firmware update, it seems to kind of get its act together. And then you have the Storm 2, which isn't that much to write home about. Uh, Palm has its – they're loyalists, people that like the Palm. They they grew up with the trio. I have a friend of mine who – she loves her Palm Pre. And I look at it and go – Really?
1: you, know, so I, I'm, <laughs> I'm, a, you I'm a trio person, but my next phone it looks like it's going to be a Droid because I'm really, I'm kind of an anti-Apple or better yet, anti-AT&T. Why is that? I just, I, everyone that I know that has an iPhone, in Northern California, 3G coverage on AT&T is awful. That's um, awful on Phoenix too. And right. it makes no sense because San Francisco is a tech hub. You would think that they would set it up properly right. and they just did it and right. it's, it's an well, Apple you know, killer they, for me. The,
3: they say that, that it's getting better. Now, I don't live in the city, so I don't know. I mean, I live in Phoenix, In Phoenix it's starting to get a little bit better. Um, at least I can get on the freeway and go pick up my son from school without dropping calls along the way. I mean, and it, 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 I mean, it was so ridiculous that I'd be in the parking lot of the school, and I would lose the connection. And I'm like, really? This, this is the center of Phoenix, the fifth largest metropolitan community in the country, and I can't get more bars in more places. But, um, but the the Motorola Droid—it's a great phone. It really is. And as far as battery life, it's better. You know, it's uh, it's got about six and a half hours of talk time.
1: So it sounds is. like sounds like you like it.
3: Uh, you know what? I do like it. I think the camera is much better, and I do like the Wi-Fi. I love the GPS. Um, but uh, yeah, I'm 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 also stuck with a contract with AT and T too, and yeah. so I'm looking forward to the time when when we catch up with Europe and we don't sign these these long term deals.
1: I'm with you. Thanks very much, Kim. It's Kim Commando. You can hear her every Sunday from one to three and nine to midnight right here on nine ten a.m. Good show. Digital lifestyle. Good website as well, and that's that's kind of key. We need people to test stuff for us because we don't have the time to do it all. I don't think eight hundred. Three four five five six three nine to get your calls in the air. It's eight zero zero three four five five six three nine. You can join the blog at talk 910com Talk 910com dot com. Other blackheads are there. You can call the show eight hundred three four five five six three nine. It's the Rob Black show. I'm Rob Black. Welcome in to the bonanza that is The Raw Black Show. It's a feast. It's a festivus. It's all that and much, much more. I talk money. I talk investing. I talk economics, a little bit of politics and how it ties into stocks and economics. But I really don't have a lot of political ambition to push any sort of agenda in any way, shape, or form. It's not my shtick. Now, banks, banks, we know the credit crisis has hit. We know that it was pretty awful in 2008 but 2009 we've seen eh, some banks fail but we kind of like we're not doing a run on the banks we're not scared now banks that led the eight-month rally in the stock market are going to double by the end of next year according to influential analyst dick Bove. basically a bet on recovery and profits now Bove, he's the analyst who recommended selling lehman brothers four months before it collapsed he's got some street cred He said earnings at U.S. banks will begin to recover in the second half of 2010 and triple within three years. Here's the the beauty of this. You remember the credit crisis and you remember Lehman Brothers and Merrill and everyone gets consolidated. Bear Stearns gone. They're either gone or consolidated. We took basically a world of 10 huge Uber banks and made it into a world of six huge Uber banks. There's still the same amount of business out there. They're just getting a bigger piece of that pie. So what, that's what he's basically throwing out there. He says, getting another 100% out of these stocks from this level is not going to be a big move. Because where they fell from, not where they've moved up to, but where they fell from. That's why people are buying bank stocks now and are they're ignoring the near-term losses. They're buying them because the longer-term outlooks for the earnings is astoundingly positive. I agree with him. The best investments that you could have made in 89-92 when we are in our savings and loans thrift collapse was banks. Up 600% over the next four years after that crisis, gone. Gone. Now, Beauvais' recommendations haven't always been totally correct. He recommended buying Citigroup in November 2007 before the bank cut its dividend and before the bank fell 87% in value. So he got Lehman right. He got City wrong. He told investors in April 2008 to purchase financial companies very aggressively because write-downs were near an end. That didn't exactly happen. Now, earnings of banks in the S&P 500 are expected to grow 177% next year. Here's my angle on banks, and here's why you have to own a bank. In your portfolio, you got to own a bank. I like Wells Fargo. I like Bank of America. I like Goldman Sachs. I like JP Morgan. I can be twisted. You get me drunk enough, and I'll tell you I like Citigroup. I ain't drunk right now because the company is 34% owned by the United States government. Another 200 banks are going to fail by the end of next year. So, some of the headlines are going to be pretty awful, but banks in the United States have never had this much cash on their balance sheets. Here's why you got to own a bank because real estate will never go up unless there's a bank. Here's why you got to own a bank because business will never get transacted unless b- banks lend money to small businesses. Here's why you got to own a bank. That's where you put your cash. Here's why you got to own a bank. They're integral to our economic system. You don't cash your paycheck and, and take it home with you. You deposit it somewhere. Lending's critical. It, it's You have to get, duh, I should own a bank in my portfolio. You can be sexy sexy. You can be young and happy and you could say, I want to own Steck. I want to own this solid state disk drive company that's going to change the world. That's growthy. That's not common sense. That's a good story, but not common sense. Common sense says you got to own some banks because... Our economy and world economies go nowhere without it. Coming up next, John Crackler. We're going to be talking real estate for an hour. We'll probably get in a fight or two. We'll take your calls, your questions. You can blog them. You can call them in, 800 345 nine. It's 800 345 nine. It's Rob Black shoe. I'm Rob Black.